Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Revelation chapter 4, and I'm reading from verse 1, says, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Uh, Go over to chapter 5. Go over to chapter 5. And verse 1, then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll. But no one in heaven or on earth or under heaven could open the scroll or even look inside it. And I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open uh, the scroll and look inside. And then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals, verse 6, and then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, and he had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. And I just thank you that this word is going to encourage us today. I thank you that this word is going to make a difference in our lives today. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom. Just speak to us, God. This is about you. It's about your glory. It's about your name being lifted up. It's about your purposes for today. We're hungry to hear from you this morning. Accomplish your purposes in our lives today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're in a series entitled uh, Revelation as we explore the most interesting, controversial, impacting book of the whole Bible, the book of Revelation. Key verse for the series is, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words, just as we did. Uh, And this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. The time is near. Could you say with me, the time is near? That's right, the time is near. Now this is the Apostle John writing this nearly 2,000 years ago. And he's saying the time is near. How much more near is the time today? What John is saying is that if we read the book, hear the words, take to heart what is written in it. In other words, allow the words of this book to impact our lives. We will be blessed. It will change how we live our lives. We've said that whatever we think the book of Revelation is, the book of Revelation was written to encourage, strengthen, to give hope to a group of people who were being persecuted for their faith. We got no clue what that means in our age and in our day. We come to church. We choose the service that we come to. Oh, this one's a little bit better for me and the other one's a little bit better for me. And we complain about this or that or the other thing. But you know, there are churches all over the world that could not come to a service freely this morning. Churches all over the world, people all over the world who would have loved to come to church this morning. Some of them have had to have service at night because so no one would see them. Some of them had to find a, a, a cave somewhere, a place somewhere where they could hide and have a service. That was certainly the case in the early church. And John is writing to them and John encourages them by telling them, hang in there. Don't give up. God is going to see you through. Eternity is real. Jesus is coming again. 
And interestingly, the same encouragement John gave the early church still encourages us today. So often as we look at our own lives, we experience challenges. We experience hardships. It feels like it's one battle after another. There are times in our life where we get tired and exhausted. Like the early church, we start wondering, is is it ever going to end? Is it ever going to be okay? And the same encouragement John gave the early church is still the same encouragement He gives you and me this morning. And He says, come on, hang in there. Come on, hang in there. Don't give up. Keep serving God. Keep being faithful to God because Jesus is coming again. And even though we don't understand everything right now and not, not, everything's necessarily going to be made right just right now, but there is a day when it will be all made right. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Amen. John encourages the church in different ways throughout the book of Revelation. But in chapters 4 and 5, he gives four images, four pictures that represent powerful truths, unshakable truths, anchors, guiding principles, things that never change. These were given to the early church to help them get through what they were going through. And I believe these same images, these same pictures have the capacity, the power to encourage those of us that might be going through a bit of a tough time, even this morning, that might be going through a tough season in our life this morning. So let's look at this more closely today. First of the images, and you can write this down in your notes, the first of the images is actually a door. It's a door. And the door speaks to us of hope. Bible says, after this, I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. I want you to just see this because the the angel, uh, God is giving John some pictures and I want to kind of, you to get these same pictures in your own life. What what he gets a picture of is a door standing open in heaven. It's not a closed door, it's an open door. And the voice I had first speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place next. So often when we're going through tough times, I don't know about you, but certainly when I'm going through my own seasons of difficulty, um, we usually think, you know, there is no hope. There's no future. It feels like this is my, my lot in life. It feels like there's no way out of this. Just have to endure this until I die. Psalm says this, Psalm 90 verse 10, our days may come to 70 years or 80. If our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Now, there's an encouragement for us this morning, isn't there? And so many of us buy into that and, and, and we, we kind of just give up on life. We, we kind of accept a, a reality or we think is a reality that says, you know, my lot is just going to be pain and sorrow and hardship and, and darkness and difficulty. No doubt many of those in the early church were tired and they'd given up hope. So, so John writes to them, and I, and I love this, because I just pray that God would encourage some of us here today. He reminds that, but that one of the things he saw in heaven was an open door. And I want you to know that the God we serve, He's the God of an open door. Can I hear an amen? amen? A door speaks about hope. It speaks about opportunities. It speaks about the purposes of God. It speaks about the will of God. That no matter how bad things may be, or may seem that the God that we serve is a God of an open door. Well, Pastor Joe, you don't understand, but a door's just closed right in my face, even right now. Listen, one door may close, but there, I can assure you that there is another door that is going to open in the name of Jesus. Listen to what he said to the church in Philadelphia. He said, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. Listen, listen really carefully. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. 
See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. What, what a great encouragement to all of us today. And I pray that today that our eyes would be open. I pray, I pray that we would see what John saw, that no matter what we might be going through in our lives, that no matter the hardships that we might be experiencing in the name of Jesus, that with the, the God that we serve is the God of hope. He is the God of the open door. John says, and the voice I heard, heard first speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So often we're so buried in our situations, we can't see our way ahead. That's us today. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, come up here. It's, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, just come up here. I wanna show you something. Uh, I wanna show you a vision that I have for you. I wanna tell you what I'm gonna do next in your life. It's a good next. It's a powerful next. It's good things in store for you. There's a door open for you. What helps us in uncertain and challenging times is an understanding that God is the God of hope, that He's the God of the open door. Paul said to the Corinthians, Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. Come on, I, I, I believe this, that, that as we begin to serve God, one of the things that God does from time to time in our life, He opens certain doors in our life, certain situations, certain opportunities that are opened in our life. And the enemy's gonna say, no, this is your lot in life. No, this is the best that's ever gonna get in your life. No, things are never gonna change in your life. He's a liar. He's been a liar from the beginning in the name of Jesus. And I, I, I want us to believe, I want us to understand the God we serve is the God of the open door. And he's going to open a door in, in our lives. And it's going to be a good door, a door of blessing. A door that is going to exceed our expectations. And if one door closes, it means that there's another one that's going to open in the name of Jesus. That God is the God of hope. He's the God of grace. He is the God of opportunities. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Second of the images John sees is, um, is that of a throne. He sees the image of a throne. Immediately I was in the Spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Throne speaks to us about many things, but it speaks to us above all else about the sovereignty of God. The throne speaks to us about the fact that God is sitting on the throne. Uh, again, when we're going through challenging times, Inevitable questions come to our mind. Where is God? Why, why is God not acting the way I think He should? What's happening? If God is real, why? Anybody ever asked the why question? <laughs> any, any, anybody ever, ever been on that why, why? Why am I here? What is going on in my life here? And in those situations, we can, we can start to doubt the reality of God. You know, John the Baptist was one of the prophets that was used by God in a, in, a, in, a, in a powerful way. He'd seen miracles. He was the one who baptized Jesus and seen the glory of God. Yet when he's in prison, he asks his disciples to go and ask Jesus this very simple question. He says, are you, going, are you the one uh, that was to come or should we be looking for someone else? Um, he, here was John the Baptist who had been used by God in such a powerful way. And yet he's asking this, this question, are you the real Messiah? Doubting whether God, whether Jesus was really the Messiah that was to come. The reality is, if it happened to John, it can happen to all of us. Can I hear an amen? amen? John Payton said this, fatigue makes cowards of us all. 
That's why in challenging times, we need a revelation of the throne. That's why, that's why in challenging times, we need to be reminded that God is sitting on the throne. That's why in challenging times, we need to get a revelation, the revelation that John got of a throne in heaven and there was someone sitting on that throne. That God is sovereign. That God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. That He is above every principality and power, every dominion in the name of Jesus. We sang it this morning as in one of the songs. We said, you have no rival and you have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. You are above every circumstance. You are above every situation. One of the things I love as, I, as, as you read the Old Testament prayers, is uh, when they were in a bind and, and they were in a difficult situation that throughout the Old Testament, you see that there are some prayers that are recorded as they, as they cried out to God in those situations. Whenever they opened the prayers, the first thing they declared was, God, you are sovereign. God, you are above every circumstance. You are above every situation, Lord God. No one is greater than you. And there's no one that can frustrate your plans. So often as we look at our own lives, it feels like something else is bigger and stronger than God. It feels like something else is sitting on that throne or someone else or another situation that's sitting on that throne. People who John was writing to, no doubt, knew that God was in control intellectually, but in their own lives, at their own time, in that particular situation, it felt like Rome was in control, that Rome had the power, that Rome was the one who was making all the decisions. And so often in our own lives, it's the same. We kind of, we kind of understand intellectually that God, that God is in control, but it feels like the addiction is stronger or the sickness is stronger or the problems are just too big. It feels like something or someone else is in control. It's in those times we need to get a revelation that, that God is on the throne. Come on, church, that God is on the throne that He's seated above every situation, that He is sovereign, that, that He's seated on the throne, that He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. We need to remember that God is sovereign. He's above all. He's all-knowing. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. In other words, He's the beginning and He's the end. Nothing catches God by surprise. He's bigger than you and me. And He can lead and He can guide and He can direct according to His purposes. And we need to get an understanding of that and the revelation of who God is and what God wants to do in our lives. How big is your God? What is the kind of God that you serve? What does He look like? Who is He? One of the things that, that, that God gives John is He gives him an image of a throne and that God was sitting on that throne. And I want us to understand that. I want us to understand that in our own lives because that's who God is. The word sovereign means that He's supreme in power without equal. He's superior in position to all others. There is no one greater than God. One of the things that we need to do when we're, when we're going through a tough time, one of the greatest things that we can do is just go into the presence of God and, and what anchors us in those difficult times because so often when we're in a challenging time, you know, we, we, we battle our thoughts and situations, our emotions are going left and right and do this or do the other thing. But, but what anchors us, what helps us is an understanding. Now, just wait a minute. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He is in control. He is above every circumstance. Now, wait a minute. This, this situation has not caught God by surprise. He knows exactly what's happening. Now, I might not understand exactly what's happening, but I know that God does. And I choose to put my trust in Him. I choose to believe that He is going to see me through. That's who God is in the name of Jesus. Proverbs says this, The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. 
that the lot was the way people made decisions back in those days. It was like drawing straws, rolling dice, or flicking a coin. <laughs> Happened on Friday night. <laughs> and God chose the right team <laughs> to win. It's every decision is from the Lord. You know, it's an interesting scripture. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. In other words, you know, uh, roll the dice however you want. God is in control. The outcome has already been determined by God. And, 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 and I know that uh, it's a powerful truth that needs to, to sit in our spirit that we need to get a revelation of. In the book of Acts, Peter is speaking about Jesus' death. And he says, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. Reality, was Jesus surprised? Sorry, was God surprised when Jesus was crucified? You know, did God panic in heaven? Oh my goodness, they're going to crucify him. What are, what, what are we going to do? Did God call an executive meeting? Guys, come here. They're, they're crucifying Jesus. We need to intervene. Bible says Jesus was delivered up by the set purpose and foreknowledge of God. People killed Jesus thinking they had destroyed him, but this was all part of the purposes of God. Remember that God is in control. Remember that he's seated on the throne. Remember that he's gonna see you through and just put your trust in him. Say, God, I just thank you that you're gonna see me through in the name of Jesus. I thank you that no one can frustrate your plans, Lord God. I thank you that you're the God of the open door. I thank you that you're the God that opens doors and the doors that you open, no one can shut and the doors that you shut, no one can open because you are sovereign and you are in control. Third image that John saw was the image of a lion. It's found in Revelation 5. And then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll. And, it was, and, and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who's worthy to break the seals? And I wept because I couldn't find anyone. And then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He's able to open the scroll and its seven seals. The lion speaks to us about many things, but it speaks to us about the power and authority. The lion speaks to us about the fact that God isn't weak, that God isn't timid, that He's a powerful God. Can I hear an amen? We serve a God that is all powerful. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Whenever you think of a lion, you don't think of weakness. You think of power. You think of authority. And John, I want you to remember that the lion of the tribe of Judah has already come. The word overcome there is, uh, is the Greek word. It's a bit of Greek for you this morning. Uh, Nikeo, from which we get the word Nike. We get the word Nike from the, word, the Greek word Nikeo. Nikeo means to subdue, to conquer, overcome, prevail, get the victory. So Nike says, just do it. Jesus says, already done it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Amen. How we need to get a revelation of that reality that the, the God that we serve is a powerful God. We're going to break bread in just a few moments and, and have communion together. And communion is always a special time. And we can approach communion with a religious spirit and go, well, this is the Christian tradition that we just need to do. And it's a really nice thing to do to break bread. Or we can approach communion with faith in our hearts, believing that we serve a God who is all powerful. And I don't know what you walked into church with this morning. I don't know what you're going through this morning. But I, but I know in my own life, when I've 
faced some challenges in my own life, when I've, chased, when I've faced some challenges in, in, in my life, I, I couldn't wait for communion because there was an, an opportunity to connect with God Almighty. It's a powerful God. How we need to get a revelation of that. Paul says to the Colossians, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of His marvellous Son. Colossians 2, speaking of Jesus, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. When we're going through challenging times, situations that seem impossible, that seem to be draining us, we feel powerless, we feel weak, don't know how we're going to get through this. It's in those times we need to see what the Apostle John saw. We need to get a vision of the line of the tribe of Judah. A vision of the power and the glory of God. That no matter what we're going through, God can see us through. For He is the God that can make a way through a Red Sea. You're facing a situation right now where as you look at that situation, you say, I, I, just, I just can't see how I'm going to get through this. I just can't see how I'm going to get to the other side of this. I want you to know that the God that we serve is a God that can make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way in the name of Jesus. You know, uh, He did that for the people of Israel. He's a God that can defeat mighty armies. He can open barren wombs. He can shut the mouths of lions. He can defeat Goliaths, giants bigger than us, situations that seem bigger than us. He can multiply bread and fish. He can open prison doors can make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way through what we're going through. He is the Almighty God. He is the Almighty God. And John is there on, on the island and his, his, his vision, and one, one of the visions he has was the vision of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Great example of this in the Old Testament. God had promised Abraham and Sarah a child. Abraham and Sarah were now old, past childbearing years. And an angel comes and says, Next year, by this time, you're going to have a child. It's a great, great prophecy. Well, Sarah hears this and she starts laughing. Angel says, did you laugh? She said, no, I didn't laugh. She lied. Can you believe it? She lied to an angel. Unbelievable. And then the angel asks this really important question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And he's asking us that same question this morning. I, I pray this morning that we would get a vision of the line of the tribe of Judah in Jesus' name. One final image John saw was that of a lamb. The Bible says, And then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb speaks about Jesus, and it speaks about the love and the grace of God. There's one word that characterized the ministry of Jesus. It was love. He's a loving God. So often, again, when we're going through tough times, it feels like, you know, God has abandoned us in some way and maybe God doesn't love me and maybe God has cast me aside or has forgotten me or God has rejected me. The image of the Lamb reminds us that God loves us. How we need to know that truth. How we need to allow a revelation of that truth to sink into our spirits that God is the God of love. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life, that if you would put your faith in Him, that you can experience life. I want you to know this morning that no matter where you are in life, no matter how far you've fallen, no matter what situation you're in right now, that God loves you, that He loves you.
and He cares about you. The Bible says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And, and this is what we are, First John 4, 9. This is how God showed His love among us. How did He show it? He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for us. As John was writing to this church, as he was writing to this group of people, he encourages them with an image. First image was a door, that of a door that speaks to us about hope. Come on, there's gonna be a door. A door's gonna open in your life. I know it feels like every single door is closed right now in your life, but there's a door that's gonna open in the name of Jesus because He's the God of the open door. He has an image of a throne and He reminds him God is sovereign, He's in control. He has an image of a lion that speaks about the, th- the power and of God, and then he reminds them of another image, the image of a lamb. What a, co- what a contrast from the lion to the lamb. The lamb speaks to us about the love and the grace of God. Yes, he comes as a lion, but he also comes as a lamb. Lamb is significant in the Bible because in the Old Testament, for a person to be atoned of their sin, uh, they, they, they celebrated the Passover. As, as part of the Passover, they had to get a lamb. The lamb had to be with them for a few days, two or three days. And at the end of that process, they would put their hands on that lamb, symbolizing the fact that their sins would, would be transferred to the lamb. And then the lamb would be, would be sacrificed. The lamb is, speaks about is a person that's fragile. A lamb is so helpless and... Then the lamb was slain and all of that was really a picture of the fact that Jesus would come one day and that one of the ways that he would come, he would come like a lamb. That Jesus would come one day in all of his glory, his power, and he would lower himself, says the Philippians. If it says in Philippians, he, be, he lowered himself, he became a servant. He died on a cross for all of our sins. Why? Because of love, because he loves us. It was John the Baptist who said about Jesus, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's interesting that in a world where we have everything, one of the things that's missing more than anything else is just love. We just want to be loved. So often when we're going through tough times, we think God has turned on us, that God has rejected us. It's in those times we need to get a fresh revelation of the Lamb of God, that He loves you, that He cares about you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Early church was experiencing intense persecution. It was some 60 years after Jesus had descended into heaven. Uh, they thought things would be different by now, but things weren't. They were experiencing incredible hardship. So John writes to them and he encourages them by giving them four images. And these four images still encourage us today. And there may be, may be some of you this morning that are going through a tough time. It's in these times what we need is uh, some truths, some powerful truths, some anchors that are going to help us in those difficult times, things that never change. It's in those times we need to remember that God is like a door, that through a relationship with Jesus, we can experience hope, that God is on the throne, that He is sovereign and that He's in control, that He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, that He is all-powerful, that He is almighty, and that He is like a lamb. He loves us. He's gentle and loving and caring. And He he gave His life as a ransom for us. He paid the price that we should have paid. Out of love, He took the penalty for us. 
through Jesus, our relationship with God can be restored. My prayer today is that as we break bread together, we're going to be encouraged by His Word that God is going to give us a fresh revelation of who He is in the name of Jesus. God is going to give us a fresh revelation of what He wants to do in your life, in our lives. I pray that John's vision will become our vision this morning. What is it that you're facing in your life this morning? What circumstances are you going through in your life today? What are some of the challenges that you're facing? What is it that you need in your life? You feel like you're in a prison cell and maybe there's, there's no way out of this. Pray that God would speak to us. Does it, does, it, does it feel like something else is bigger than God in your life? I pray that we would get a vision of the throne. I, I, I pray that we would get a vision of the power and the glory of God. And I, want to, I pray that we would get a vision of the fact that we are forgiven and we are loved by God. That God is going to see us through in the name of Jesus. That as, as we break bread this morning, that some things are going to break in our lives in Jesus' name. That, 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 that some things are going to change in our lives in the name of Jesus speaking to some of the staff members today and talking about a few different, uh, this week, sorry, and some of the situations that we're just dealing with uh, in people's lives and what they're going through even right now. And uh, thank God for doctors and thank God for, for the different things that we have in our nation. But, but there, there are times in our life where all we need is God. There, there are times in our life where everything... We've been able to, we've tried to do, we've, we've done everything we can and all we need is for God to intervene. That the only answer is God. We don't know what to do, Lord God, but our eyes are upon You. I, I, I just pray that by the Holy Spirit that God would come today and that God would minister and intervene in Jesus' name. That the power of God is not just something we would talk about, that we would something that would, would become real in our hearts and in our lives. That the love of God would not just be something we read about or hear about in a sermon, but that there would be a, a revelation deep in our spirits and in our hearts where we would understand that we are loved by God in a profound way. That we would understand that there is hope in God that I don't care how bad my situation is right now. I don't care how desperate my situation seems right now. I don't care how awful my past has been. I don't, I don't care how bad things were back there. There's an open door waiting for me. And it's an amazing door. God doesn't create mistakes. He's created us for purpose in the name of Jesus. And there's nothing that gives God greater joy than to reveal that purpose to us. He's the God of the open door. And I pray that today, I pray that today some doors would open in the name of Jesus. And then God's name would be glorified in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the brethren that are going to help us distribute communion today.